Welcome to the St. Michael Daily Meditations for Lent. My name is Tim Smith, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Lent is in the garden. When Jesus faced his deepest trial, he prayed in the garden. As we struggle with our own trials, Jesus walks with us and calls us to a deeper life of prayer and commitment to God's love. As Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. A reading from Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land for these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and he wept. While Benjamin wept upon his neck and he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked to him. Here ends the reading. On August 28, 2005, Hurricane Katrina made landfall in New Orleans. The western eyewall passed over our house, pushing a storm surge of 18 feet of water from Lake Pontchartrain a mile north into my neighborhood. My home took on three feet of water, and we lost everything but the kids' rooms upstairs. For the next three and a half months, I slept on the floor of my office and worked 10 hours a day gutting my home, amassing the scant available building materials needed to restore my home, rebuilding the house, and self-contracting the work I could not do myself. It was physically and emotionally exhausting, all the while keeping my church functioning. It also changed me forever. One of the unexpected impacts was that now I cry whenever I am moved, privately or publicly, whether it be a Christmas homecoming commercial of an adult child and his mom, a news story of an unexpected surprise visit to a son or daughter from a parent in the military, 
or a touching scene in a movie. I hate it, and I usually try to hide my tears. Men don't cry, period. At least that's what we're taught when we grow up. Our scripture today tells the story of Joseph's reunion with his brothers. It is among the most tender in all of the scriptures. Joseph was a precocious, spoiled brat and his father's favorite child, and he lorded it over his brothers. As a result, his brothers hated him. When given the chance, they planned to murder him, but instead settled to sell him into slavery, a possible, if not likely, death sentence. It led to a difficult and pain-filled life for Joseph. But through a series of incredible twists and turns, Joseph finds himself in front of Pharaoh, interpreting Pharaoh's dream as a message of a coming seven-year drought. In response, Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of preparing Egypt for the drought by storing up food for seven years. He was arguably the second most powerful man in all of Egypt, a man of influence and control. That drought extended to Israel, and so Joseph's brothers came to Egypt seeking food to survive, but they are unable to recognize Joseph. Joseph, who spoke as a young child with a lack of restraint and youthful arrogance, now speaks with authority, status, and power. Seeing his family for the first time in decades, Joseph now finds himself unable to control himself. This is surprising because throughout all of Joseph's trials and tribulations, he had consistently displayed immense control in scenes of enormous pressure, whether it be in prison or under sexual seduction or in the presence of Pharaoh. So our scripture today shows a surprising shift in Joseph caused by the presence of his brothers, one of whom he has never met. They were long distant, but not forgotten. And now they stand in front of him, and Joseph is overwhelmed. Hearing his brother's request for food, Joseph suddenly recognizes the sovereignty of God and the very purpose of the moment. He is able to save his family, including his younger brother and his father. It was not you who sent me here, he said, but God. God is the one who is able to use the evil acts of Joseph's brothers and redeem it by reuniting and saving his family. Years of pain, suffering, false accusations, and separation are wiped away in one encounter as Joseph sees the hand of God in this moment, leading to a weeping wail of epic scope, the type of an ugly cry where you are uncontrollably shaken to the core. Joseph sent away everyone so no one could see, and yet the weeping was so profound and so loud that it could be heard by everyone in the building. It was sadness and joy, healing and catharsis all rolled into one. This reunion and seeing God's sovereignty had a profound impact on Joseph. His uncontrollable weeping marks a transformation. Joseph was moved from a position of authority and wanting to seek retribution toward his brothers for what they did to him to a heart of generosity and love. Joseph is now eager to forgive, to restore, and to reunite his family. There is no explicit theophany or appearance of the presence of God during the entire story of Joseph's life in the book of Genesis. But he now realizes that God was active and present throughout, and all of it pointed 
to this very moment. I think the weeping was a manifestation of a profound transformation of Joseph. We should look for those moments too in our lives. In the first gathering of ministers after Katrina, I had a colleague who had lost her church and home, but was hired by Weavings, a Methodist Christian journal. She asked me if I would consider writing about my experience of God in the midst of Katrina's destruction and aftermath. I unintentionally responded rather curtly out of exhaustion and fear and the uncertainty driven by my current circumstances. I'm so focused on trying to rebuild my house so that my family has a home and my wife a job to return to that I don't know how I have experienced God. The following week, I walked into my gutted home and noticed that the cat food had been spilled down the staircase. When I continued on upstairs, I soon realized that we had been looted. Just another dagger of defeat in an already impossible, pain-filled situation. I walked down the stairs, knees buckling, and sat down at the bottom and just cried, heaving sobs with crocodile tears streaming down my face. It was just too much. They were tears of pain and exhaustion. But two months later, they gave wave to tears of joy when the house was finished enough for my family to move home from my in-law's house in Florida. And now, each time I am moved by something I'm watching and my eyes tear up, I am thankful for the sign that I've been changed and transformed. And I'm reminded that even though I may not have been aware of it in the moment, God was there all along, carrying me and caring for me, sending people my way to help. And I give thanks to God. What are the moments that have transformed your life? And what are the signs of that transformation? When are the times that you may have thought God was absent, only to see later God's sovereignty and providential care? And finally, how is God carrying you and transforming you in your life right now? Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.